Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our deck today's message comes from the New Testament reading of Acts, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, ten years ago today, I was graduating from seminary and preparing to start my journey to Michigan, to my first call as a pastor. Even though I still had to be ordained first in order to become a pastor, since just because I had a piece of paper saying I could be a pastor, I had to have a church call me in order to grant me the ability to serve as pastor. It's like getting any kind of degree that you have to get in order to be something, a teacher, doctor, nurse, and so on. Unless you have a school or a hospital hire you to teach or practice medicine, You're not a teacher, doctor, or nurse just because a piece of paper diploma says you passed everything in order to be one. That first call out of seminary was not supposed to be over in three years. But that's the thing about a call. You never know when one call will cease and another call will come. I tell you all of this because as we celebrate today as the day of Pentecost, I'm reminded about my seminary days and some of the classes I had in order to get here. In one of them, we had to memorize the main parts of Luther's small catechism and be quizzed on some random section of it. I don't know if Pastor Brad had to do this in seminary, but here's what I'll say. I don't remember everything by heart in the catechism, and while teaching it to confirmants has improved my memory, there is one part I have not forgotten in the ten years. And that is the third article of the Apostles' Creed, which we will confess later in the service. Here's what it says from memory. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. What does this mean? I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. I'll finish the rest later. What you see here that I want to point out is that it talks about the Holy Spirit calling you by the gospel, calling the Christian church. Many people, whether a pastor, teacher, doctor, nurse, and so on, might refer to their job career as a calling. They feel that they have been called to do this one thing. You might be sitting there today thinking that you do not have any kind of calling. But you'd be wrong. Listen to what Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. To proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into God's marvelous light. Now, this is coming from Peter. And if there's anyone who's a good person to hear from on Pentecost Sunday talking about faith, it's him. 
Peter is the one who, after Jesus asked the disciples who he was, confesses Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus then tells Peter on this rock, that is Peter's confession of Jesus as the Christ, he will build his church. The church will be built on Jesus Christ and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Why is the church not built on Peter like some may believe? Look no further than when the night that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, was betrayed, arrested, and brought on a journey that would result in his crucifixion. As Jesus is on this journey, there is Peter, following closely behind, until someone confronts him. You were with Jesus, and Peter denies it. This happened two more times. And Peter denies knowing Jesus each time. And then the rooster crows. And Peter remembers that Jesus said, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Afraid for his own life, Peter goes from confessing Jesus as the Son of the living God to denying knowing him. Not once, not twice, but three times. Peter then goes into the darkness and weeps. But Peter was called out of the darkness into God's marvelous light. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, this same Peter who denied Jesus in fear for his own life became the first person to publicly proclaim on Pentecost that through Jesus' death and resurrection, God had acted to redeem the world from sin and death, including his own sins. His confession of faith goes from denial to proclaiming to the people that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And Peter was a witness to this because he had seen the resurrected Christ, who had since ascended into heaven and sent the Holy Spirit to them in order that they would proclaim this good news. The Holy Spirit came that first Pentecost as a mighty rushing wind filled the house, came on the disciples as tongues of fire, and they began to speak in other languages. And as a result of this power that Peter and the others had received from God's Spirit, the Christian church was born. We celebrate the day of Pentecost as kind of like the birthday of the church. Now this day is not celebrated like Christmas or Easter, but the importance of this day cannot be overlooked. If you look around the world, wind is powerful. We see the wind blow into tornadoes. We see the wind blow into hurricanes. We see the wind blow across desert places, moving sand in its path. So too, the Spirit is powerful. And it's like the force of the Spirit's wind picks up on Pentecost. Let's go back to the end of the third article of the Creed and its meaning. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. These are not small things going on here. The Holy Spirit came to earth not to destroy, but to build up. Came to the earth so that Peter, who had formerly denied knowing Jesus, 
would speak of Jesus' death and his resurrection from the dead, having seen with his own eyes. The Holy Spirit came to give power to the church so that it might proclaim the mighty acts of God through Christ. The Holy Spirit sent that first Pentecost and sent into the lives of God's people continuously, especially through baptism, daily calls us to confession and repentance to confess our sins, to change our sinful ways, and to receive God's forgiveness. The Holy Spirit works in our faith to keep it strong all the days of our life so that we will be called home to heaven when we leave this earth. I'm reminded of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, which says, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Peter made his confession before thousands of people who the Spirit brought to faith. We make this same confession before one another every time we gather together. We make the same confession every time there is a baptism as we confess the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of God's children. A few weeks ago, confirmants made this same confession, a confirmation of the faith that was present at their baptism. We make this same confession every time we gather at the Lord's table to receive the true body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, for the strengthening of our faith, and for our eternal life. We make this same confession that the first disciples did because of the word that has been passed down to all of us in our own language. It means that not only are all of us here because of the Holy Spirit's work in our life, but we're all here because of that first Pentecost. That is the power of God. And so today we remember the work of the Holy Spirit in the church, which is the mind-blowing, heart-warming, life-changing power of God. It'll make you young when you're old, and it'll make you live even when you die. When God sends his Spirit a young virgin conceives. Jesus is born, and life is never the same. God's hands his spirit, and amazing things happen. Barriers are broken. Communities are formed. Enemies are reconciled. Unity is created. Addiction is broken. Hope is established. People are blessed. And church happens. This is how one pastor spoke about church happening. Get ready, he said. God is up to something. He will make discouraged folks cheer up, sour folks sweeten up, closed folks open up, gossipers shut up, conflicted folks make up, sleeping folks wake up, lukewarm folks fire up, dry bones shake up, and pew potatoes stand up. But most of all, Christ, the Savior of all the world, is lifted up. His words, not mine. And as we gather together as the church, which is the people of God, we all come at different points of our life. Some of us are struggling with sin. Some of us are struggling with faith. Some of us think we have no struggles. As we gather together, we are all the same. We are all sinners in need of a Savior. 
We are all sinners worthy of death. We are all sinners worthy of hell for our sins. And we are all sinners that Christ has died for to forgive us all of our sins. And he rose from the dead to give eternal life to all who believe. Those are the excellencies that we are called to proclaim about. What Christ has done for us and how we have all been called out of the darkness, out of the darkness of our sin and into God's marvelous light. Called to faith in Jesus Christ and called to receive the gift of eternal life. From denying Christ to declaring Christ. From sin to salvation. That's the message of Pentecost. And that is the message that the Holy Spirit helps all of us to take to the world. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.